Uh, the sermon's going to be a little different. It's going to be somewhat participatory. I'm seated up here, obviously, you can, as you can tell that. Um, and what I want to do is kind of, uh, I'm going to have a sermon of sorts here, but also have a conversation with some people too. Um, and so one of the things I want to know, especially kids who are here, I want to know, did you open any gifts yet today? Anybody open gifts? Raise your hand if you open gifts. Great. What, what was one of the best gifts you got so far? Shout it out. A big toolbox. Over here, somebody said something. Jordans? Wow. Yeah? A monster truck? Is that what you said? Wow, that is so cool. One of the great gifts that I got is that my son and his fiance and my grandson were supposed to come tomorrow, but they drove through the night last night and rang our doorbell at 7.30 this morning. And Colton's here with me today. And his daddy's asleep because he drove through the night. <laughs> um, yeah, we get all kinds of things. Any other, tool, any other things you guys got? Camera. Camera? That is so cool. Man. Well, we have gifts here alongside the stage that you may have seen, right, as part of our decoration. And, and they're all gifts to represent gifts that God brings to us, like peace and love and faith. One of the boxes says God. And somebody said, what's that? Is that from God or to God or what is that? I, don't, I mean, it's not well defined, but I think our intent is to say it is the gift of God on Christmas. It's the gift that he gives him, himself to us in Jesus. Um, so what I want right now is if somebody would help me open a gift. And Colton, would you want to help me open a gift right now? All right, come on. Colton's my grandson. Come on up here. And you sit in this chair right here, okay? Can you do that? Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to open this gift. You're going to open the gift. See if you can open it. Slide this off, maybe. Slide it down this way. Good job. Wow. Strong, buddy. Let me feel those muscles. Oh, yeah, those are strong. Okay, rip that paper open. Pretty curious. What do you think's in there? Mm-hmm. Ooh, just tear it open. Yeah, get in there. Okay. Well, it's a box, clearly. Yeah. You want me to help you? No? You got it. All right, you do it. Just rip it away. There you go. You're doing great. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there you go. You can just throw it on the floor. Just throw the paper on the floor. It's just like we're at home, you know? Just throw it on the floor like, like you're ripping gifts open, right? Yeah. Keep tearing it. We've got to see what's in there. Oh, good. Okay, now we've got to open it. And there should just be a little piece of tape on there somewhere. I don't know. Let's see. I may have to help you here. Okay, there we go. Now open it. Careful. What is that? Hold it up. What is that? A snake? Why did you get a snake for Christmas? What is that all about? Is it a fluffy snake or a scary snake? A fluffy one. It's a fluffy one. Wow. Do you know any stories about snakes? No? Have you, you may not have seen this. I don't know. I can think of a story of a snake in a tree and a movie and a storybook called The Jungle Book. Has anybody ever seen that? There's a big snake named Ka. 
right? And caws in the tree and he hisses and he scares people and stuff, right? Well, Colton, here's what I want to do. I want to read part of a story, okay? So you can sit there and hold the snake and play with that while I read the story and listen to the story, okay? This is in Genesis chapter 3. These verses will be on the screen too. Um, Genesis 3, 1 to 7. Actually, maybe I'll just read it off there because it'll probably be easier. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. That's a serpent. Hold it up so everybody can see it. Okay? He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then verse 15, I think, is up there too. Is it 15 or 16? 15? And I will put enmity between you and the woman, talking to the snake, and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So let me ask you a question. If a snake tries to bite somebody, right, tries to bite their heel, like, it's all coiled up like this and it's like, tries to get them, right? So a snake can strike somebody, right? And if they're on the ground, might they try to snipe, try to strike? Would they bite your foot. What if I did this? What would happen to that snake? He would die. He would die. Because the boot crushed its head, right? Dead snake, right? That's what's saying in that passage. The promise is that the serpent that came in the tree to tempt the woman and make them sin against God or lead them into sin would one day get crushed by somebody born of the woman. Hmm. So there would have to be a baby to come. Well, we'll have to think about that, right? What they said, though, when the serpent tempted them was, the serpent said, you don't need to listen to the voice of God. You've got your own voice within you. You just listen to your own voice. You do what you want to do. And they were like, yeah, why can't we do what we want to do? And so they decided to do what they want to do. That's called sin. And so that brought sin into the world. And that was one of the big problems. So, Colton, you can go have a seat back there now. Go sit next to Gigi. I'm going to keep this up here for now, but I'll give it to you later, okay? Can you watch your step going down there? Good. All right, we'll just leave that right there. So one of the things I want to talk to you about with a serpent is this. A snake in a tree. The first trick of the serpent is to amuse you. That's what Satan does in the garden, right? He amuses them. Hey, look at this shiny tree. Looks pretty and nice, right? Desirable. Why wouldn't you want this? This is great to have. And so they see this tree and the food that's desirable and everything and that they would want that. And they decide they're not going to listen to God's voice. And so um, that's the deception of Satan, that he amuses them and that they decide they will do what they want to do. What happens then is that they're not denying God outright. They don't think they are, right? They're They're not saying we won't listen to God anymore. They're just saying, well, we're distracted now and we see this too. We listen to God, but now we're also going to do this. And God had said not to do that. And so Satan will amuse you. He will give you other things to distract you and get your attention and say, yeah, God's good, but, but, you know, this is just as good. Just have both things in life. 
Just serve two gods, really. Yourself and the other god. And God says you can't do that. We get amused in life and we tend to pass the time by doing all kinds of things, right? We uh, pass time by looking at TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or watching Netflix. All that just to amuse ourselves and pass time. And, And that's not all bad when life gets difficult and weary. But in the end, if all you're doing is amusing yourself to pass time in a weary world, you will never get to the weary world rejoices. You will only be amusing yourself to pass time. Where will be the joy? Where's the rejoicing in that? And that comes in knowing God. So I want to encourage you to to do that. The second trick of the serpent, of Satan, is this. Not only does he amuse you, but secondly, he will accuse you. If he can't distract you, he will attack you. He will accuse you and hurl all kinds of insults at you that you're not good enough. Uh, Throw lies to you saying, believing God isn't worth it. Uh, God can't love you anymore. Surely not because you've messed up too many times. I mean, you've got this past, this history full of regrets. God's not going to love you. Those are all lies from Satan. Lies that go against what happened on Christmas Day where God came to be with us. So when you get, confi- get uh, accused, who comes to defend you? Usually we defend ourselves, right? When we get accused, we put up defensive barriers and say, no, 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 but, but, well, this, but this, but that. And we try to defend ourselves and that doesn't often work well. And if you get accused and you have to go to court, you better not defend yourself. Get an attorney. I heard a judge tell that to a lady once um, after she refused an attorney. She should have had one because she went to jail for a long time. Um, so get an attorney, right? Because you need somebody else who can defend you. Well, kind of leads us to a question about Christmas, right? Is a, is a baby in a manger going to defend you? Huh. No. Doesn't seem like it, right, Colton? I need somebody else to open another gift. Who wants to open another gift? Come on. Come on up right here in the chair. All right. Way to go, Sammy. Okay, this is your gift. Now, this one is not as expertly wrapped, but there's lots of tissue paper in there. So let me hold it for you. You can pull out the tissue paper. Start pulling it out. It's literally tissue paper. Okay, you might even, this might look familiar to you, but once, once you get that, lift it out of there. Okay, and hold it up for everybody to see. What is that? It's a manger. It's a manger. That is cool. Now, here, put it right in your lap here. Kind of hold it right there for me. Okay, so that's a manger. It's built out of wood, right? And um, what's inside the manger? Nothing. What's inside the manger now? A snake. Okay, why isn't there a baby in the manger? Did the snake eat it? No. No. How do we know that? Hmm. It didn't say it in the Bible. Oh, you know what? Let's read another Bible story. You want to? Okay, I'm going to read it, and I want you to listen closely, okay? This is a different kind of Bible story, okay? This Bible story is like, um, like uh, well, for others out there, this is like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter kind of Bible story. John writes it. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. So let me read this to you. It says, A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon. So that's a snake. Yes, and dragon in the Bible and snake are very similar words, and we'll see that in a second here. Um, An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. 
The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her the moment the child was born. What is that saying? It's saying, wait, the dra- go back one. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour, eat the child when it was born. So it's saying it wanted to eat the child. But, hold on, you said the Bible didn't say so. I think you might be right. Let's keep reading. So, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, which is quoting one of the prophets there. And her child was snatched up to God in his throne. Did the snake get it? No. The snake tried to, but couldn't, because the child was rescued. Okay. So, um, the dragon didn't get the child. So, why do we have an empty manger right now? That's, that's okay. We have an empty manger right now because when Jesus was born, he was put in a manger, but that was a long time ago. And Jesus isn't in the manger anymore. Right? Yeah. He's not in the manger. Good. Okay. Well, you can sit down for a little bit, all right? And uh, that goes back in the shed later. But thank you, Sammy. You can leave that right there. Okay. So I'm going to... Yeah. Round of applause for Colton Sammy. Thank you so much. You guys did great. Okay. So... That story then tells what John is saying is the the effort of the dragon, that great serpent, to get the child that was to be born. Manger, though, is empty. Well, hold on. A manger's empty. Because Jesus isn't in it, right? It's empty because Jesus didn't stay in the manger. It doesn't mean he abandoned you. It just means he didn't stay a baby. He came to grow up and then to die as a man on a cross. And that's why the manger's empty. So if you have mangers around at your house, I encourage you to maybe make it empty. I mean, we remember Jesus. That's okay. It's a good thing. We should do. It's a very good thing to do. But Jesus isn't still in the manger. And if the manger's empty, it reminds us of what the manger was for, what he came to do. You know what else is empty? The cross is empty and the tomb cross and the tomb are empty. The stone was rolled away. The manger doesn't hold Jesus. The grave can't hold Jesus. Jesus came to live life from the womb to the tomb to experience everything that we know of humanity, yet without sin. And in doing so, becomes the perfect Savior for all of us. He's the one God promised, born of a woman, who would come to crush the snake. I'm going to read to you Revelation 12, 9 through 11. Now, Sammy, I need you to listen to this part because this is where dragon and snake come together, okay? That great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent, which is a snake, called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. See, what he is saying there is that the accuser can no longer point his finger at you. If that snake, that serpent wants to point his finger at you and accuse you, you can tell him to go hiss at Jesus because Jesus has covered all your sins. The cross is empty, the grave is empty, and you are covered. 
You are covered by the blood of Christ, by his perfect record of righteousness, by his promise to come back and to bring us to paradise with him one day. So when you look at a Christmas tree today, maybe you will see different ornaments on it. Like a lamb, a manger scene, stars, angels, all kinds of things. I want you to picture, or maybe even make an ornament that's a snake and put a snake in the tree. Because there was a snake in the tree or near the tree in the garden. And the snake in the tree near Christmas is a reminder to us of that big story of what God is doing. That God came to defeat evil. And that he did it by entering the world as a baby. Why this message at Christmas? Because the last thing you need today is a new coping mechanism to amuse you. The last thing that, that you need today is to leave feeling accused of all the ways you failed again this year. <laughs> Jesus knows that. He's got you covered. The last thing you need today is a, is a merry little Christmas. You need a giant, epic Christmas. The story of what God has been doing from the beginning of the world all the way through. That's the story of Christmas that you and I need to live in and locate ourselves within. I want you to have that Christmas. The Christmas in which you know your Savior has come to slay the dragon and to rescue you. That makes a joyful Christmas. I want to read to you I guess it's a poem. It tries to be a poem. I'm not, I, I should give it to Jeremy and have him work on it. Um, it's a poem I wrote a cu- about two years ago around Christmas. Here's what it says. When the baby Jesus was born of a virgin in Bethlehem, the evil serpent aiming to kill him brought mayhem. When the baby Jesus was in the desert, fully grown, the serpent tempted him while all alone. Jesus, without sin, withstood the test while Satan went after the rest. When Jesus was stretched out upon the cross, the serpent, ready to strike, let out a hiss. As Jesus breathed out his last, it is finished. The serpent could taste the victory he so relished. But when morning light revealed an empty tomb, the serpent remembered the proclamation from the womb. The baby is the Savior who will crush the serpent's head. And give new life to those who were as good as dead. What's the best gift you can get this Christmas? It's Jesus. And if you know him, you already have it. And if you don't, you need him. Receive that gift. And what's the best gift you can give this Christmas? Jesus. There's a story of a a woman who, uh, around Christmas time, was reminded of the meaning of Christmas. She went out to lunch with her family in a restaurant. And she had a little baby with her, a little baby boy named Eric. They go sit in the restaurant to enjoy their meal. And as they go in, uh, baby Eric sits in his high chair and, and all of a sudden he lets out a loud squeal pounding on the high chair. Like, ah! and he's looking at a man across from him who is there. And she looks over and notices this man. This man is disheveled. His clothes are uh, soiled and, and kind of torn. His, Shoes have holes in him, his toes are sticking out, his hair's unkempt and all tangled, and, and he's drunk. And she's like, oh no, I've got to keep him, i got to keep Eric away from that guy. 
But baby Eric pounded his hands and kicked his little legs in excitement and grinned at that man. And that man, seeing that, uh, responded. He said, hi there, big boy. How are you doing? Hey, Buster, what's up? She's like, oh, no. And she's like, okay, Eric, just calm down. And disturbing the whole restaurant. And like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And um, she just thought and prayed. And like, well, maybe once the food comes, it'll settle down. Nope, once the food came, it just got worse. Baby Eric had food, and the man kept playing. Hey, do you know peekaboo? Peekaboo! Peekaboo! And Eric's just uh, laughing and giggling and, you know, splashing food on the floor and everything. She's like, oh, no, oh, no. This is like my worst nightmare. So they get to the end of the meal. And she, uh, they're getting ready to go out and pay the bill. And to get up from the table to go where they have to go, they have to walk right past this man. And she gets up and she says, I prayed, Lord, just let me out of here before he speaks to me or Eric. As I got closer, she says, I'm carrying baby Eric in my arm and I'm passing this man. And baby Eric does that thing that babies do when they want to go to somebody else. Arms out throws himself toward the old man, falling out of my arms, into his arms, and he catches the baby. And baby Eric puts his head on his shoulder as if to give him a big hug and squeezes him and giggles and laughs. And the mother is terrified. And she sees in that man, tears begin to well up in his eyes. And she gets baby Eric back from him and scurries out of the restaurant. And he asks, as she gets him back, the man says to her, God bless you, ma'am. You just gave me my Christmas gift. She goes out crying, holding on to her baby tightly, and she says, my God, my God, forgive me. I had just witnessed Christ's love shown through the innocence of a tiny child who saw no sin, who made no judgment, a child who saw a soul, and a mother who saw a suit of dirty clothes. I was a Christian who was blind, holding a child who was not. I felt it was God asking Are you willing to share your son for a moment when I shared mine for all eternity? Who will you share Jesus with this Christmas? Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that on this Christmas day we will rejoice greatly in you, that you will help us to remember this epic giant story from snakes and trees to empty mangers, empty crosses, and empty tombs. Lord, would you help us to know our place in that story and to rejoice in it greatly and not to forget that in the midst of all the other things we do this day and this week. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.